0: I need you to open your Bibles tonight with me to uh, the um, the Book of Psalms. I'd like me to turn to Psalm forty-seven. Psalm forty-seven. <clears throat> While you're turning there, I'm going to read you a couple of verses that you are familiar with in the New Testament. Word of God tells us that there is something about the heart and mind of the Holy Spirit that when He begins to work in the heart of an individual, there are some things that begin to, to change, of course, and then there's some things that are evident in a person's life. For example... <clears throat> The Bible says, talking about being filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of God loves singing. He loves songs. Last week I spoke to you about praise. This morning I spoke to you about praying. And tonight I'd like to talk to you about your singing. Not your ability to sing, but whether or not you have a song in your heart, and whether or not you are engaging in singing unto the Lord. I'm going to teach you something about this tonight, and I pray you'll receive it. He says in Ephesians 5 that you should speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, singing, and making melody. In your heart to the Lord. And then he emphasizes this again over the book of Colossians. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now turn with me to Psalm 47. Look with me here. In verse 6 and verse number 7, the Word of God says, Sing praises to God. Sing praises. And in case you didn't get that, sing praises unto our King. In case you didn't get that, sing praises. Verse 7, For God is the King of all the earth. In case you missed it, the first verse sing your praises with understanding do you remember when paul and silas were were beaten severely and cast into a jail cell and uh, at midnight the bible says that the prisoners could hear them and it says that at midnight paul and silas prayed and sang they prayed and then they sang praises under God, loud enough for the prisoners to hear them. Do you remember when the Lord Jesus Christ had his final supper with his men, and when he had told them basically what he was, uh, what the what what the elements of the Lord's supper represented, about the, the body that was about to be given and the blood that was about to be shed when they were through with that meal? The Lord Jesus Christ thought it was important that they sing a song together before he left. Then the scripture says that you should serve the Lord with gladness and you should come before his presence with singing. Now singing has the power to connect emotion to truth. That is the power of a song to connect emotion to truth. That's why he says you ought to sing with understanding. And a church's songs really reflects the theology of that church. You go into a church and you listen. You, now, listen, when I say you listen to their music, would you kind of set the word music out of your mind for a little bit tonight? I'm not talking about music. I'm talking about your song. When you think about music, usually you're thinking of a musical instrument. Okay. And usually when you go into a church, you can tell a lot about the musical uh, or the theology of that church and the belief of that church and some things about them by listening to their music. You can do that. But you also listen to their songs. Listen to their songs. And there's something about songs. And listen, we'll study music one day about how God wants that and how He uses that. But you know what? We can't all play an instrument. And even if you could play an instrument, you can't always take an instrument with you everywhere that you go. But you can all sing. And you can always take your song with you no matter where that you're going and where you are. And so the scriptures teach us very much about some of the most important books you're going to have in your life is going to be your Bible. That's the H-I-M book. And that you hymn book your song book because you see it used to be that songs uh, people who wrote a lot of songs you know in the in history uh, for example do, do you know how many solomon wrote anybody know how many songs solomon wrote anybody anybody want to take a guess how many songs did solomon write not that many he did. He did. He did write one thousand and five. I don't know why they had to have the five on there. I'd have just said he wrote a thousand songs, but he wrote one thousand and five. One of them was called "The Song of Solomon," a love song. Charles Wesley wrote over five thousand. Fanny Crosby, she wrote over eight thousand songs, and it was said. I heard this. As a matter of fact, I had studied and prayed over this message during the, back on Monday and. I was coming home Friday and I was listening to the radio and, and it was one of those radio stations that were playing gospel music and, and telling some of the stories behind some of the songs. And they were telling a situation about Fanny Crosby of where that she was in a meeting and she would many times sing her songs and then testify. And in the process of one of these meetings, she said, I feel compelled to say this. She said, that I believe that there is a young man here in the service that's away from home and away from God that needs to get right with the Lord tonight. And she continued to go on and sing her songs. And then after services, this young man came up to her, 18-year-old young man came up to her with tears in his eyes, and he said, "Uh, "Miss Crosby, the young man that you were talking about was me, and I need to get right with God, and I'm going to, and I'm going back home. Now, when that was over with, she went back to her room and she added a stanza uh, to one of her songs that we sing here in our assembly. And she wrote down these words Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried, grace can restore. Touched by a loving heart, wakened by kindness, chords that are broken will vibrate once more. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, for Jesus is merciful and Jesus will save. Now that's an amazing thing how that God uses these folks uh, to write things that have happened, but here's the thing about it, you can, you can, you can carry these songs with you everywhere that you go. You know, did you know that in your Bible that it is mentioned for you to sing over 400 times? And 50 of those times are not suggestions. They are commandments that you are to sing. You're to sing. It's important. I'm trying to teach you now the last few services, especially the last couple of Sunday nights, some things that God likes. God likes for you to sing to Him. You say, well, Brother Roger, nobody else likes to hear me sing. It doesn't matter. It's not about your ability, it's about your participation. God wants you to sing. You know something about songs, it helps you to remember. Did you know that songs are powerful? Look in Exodus 15, let me show you something in Exodus 15. This is very important for you to see the power of songs. By the way, this particular song is called the Song of Moses. And by the way, this song is mentioned here in Exodus 15, but it's also mentioned again in the book of Revelation in chapter number 15, where it will be sung again in heaven along with the song, a new song unto the Lamb of God. So this must have been a hit right here, Exodus 15 in heaven. But I want you to notice something about it. It was written, Moses wrote it to help them remember. Do you agree with me that Folks understand this power. Even companies across America know the power of a little jingle, of a little song that some of you still remember about uh, certain things. I've read this article where it said that doctors, when they deal with Alzheimer's patients, and that the Alzheimer's patients sometimes cannot even remember their name, but when they hear a song, they remember the words to that song. It is the power that affects the human brain, that rhyme and meter and song in the human brain that touches the soul. Now, that can be good, and that can be evil. Depends on what you're listening to and what you're singing. Now, I'll give you a little bit of a test. This is not on the spiritual side, uh, but it ain't on the evil side. It's kind of in between here. Those over 50 clubs, Okay, those in the power company. If you know this, raise your hand. If I were to say this, like a good neighbor. Who's there? Ah, State Farm is there. Okay. How about, I wish I was an, look at that, an Oscar Mayer wiener. You even remember that? You wish you were an Oscar Mayer wiener. Now, you've got to go home and tell your kids the rest of that song. Why you wish you were an Oscar Mayer wiener? Because everybody would be in love with you. That's why. How about this one? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. <laughs> oh, what a relief it is. Alka-Seltzer. Do you see the power of songs? How about be all that you can be? In the what? In the army. How about this one? I don't want to grow up. I'm a... I'm a Toys or Us kid. Do you understand that they understand the power of a song and of a rhyme and of music as far as a song is concerned? Exodus 15. See, the Bible says, and I'm just going to show you a couple of verses here. Look in chapter 15, verse 1. They have just come across the Red Sea. And man, God has done something absolutely phenomenal. He parted the Red Sea. They went across, the army is coming after them, and God closes it back up. Never, ever been done in history before or after. What does Moses do? He's led by the Holy Ghost to write a song about it. And he teaches it to Israel. And verse 1 he says, and here's the difference between Moses' songs and some of the folks that write songs today. Moses' songs taught about the goodness of God, the power of God, balanced with the severity of God. Songwriters today are more interested in being in the top ten hit list of worship songs for money. I'm not saying that God can't speak to somebody's heart, and I'm not saying there are not some good songs being written today... We just heard a good song just a few minutes ago. And the song that, that uh, How Deep the Father's Love is for us, that's a wonderful song. And so I'm just saying that uh, in Christ alone, the words of that song are tremendous. I'm not going to throw away every good song lyric that I hear because maybe I don't like the person who I hear may be singing it. Because the person singing it may not have much to do with the person who wrote it. Amen. So think about that for just a minute before you throw away everything. And think that God only spoke to people in the 1800s. And that God only spoke to people in the 1700s. That's not true. But I will say here, look in verse 1. It says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for He had triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath He thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare Him a habitation. My Father's God, I will exalt Him. And look at this. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. And when you get to the end of this song, you'll notice that... Here, look at this. Look in verse number 18. It said, The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen in the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. What is that song teaching those children? That God is powerful. God is almighty. God is a man of war. God is good, but God also is severe. And you don't want to get on the severe side of God. You want to stay right with God, walk with God, and serve the Almighty God. These songwriters, they they really, some of the older hymns that we sing, and one of the reasons why we don't apologize for that, for being conservative in our songs that we sing, is because in the older days they wanted to cover all the areas of theology and glorify God in these songs. I want you to look with me, if you would, in Psalm 47 real quick. Uh, uh, Excuse me. I want you to go to Psalm 40. Psalm forty. There are some songs out there that help me to remember history that are secular songs. We call them secular songs. I, I know that some everybody doesn't agree with this, but they ought to because it's right. That <laughs> there there are not just two kinds of music. Some say that there are only only ungodly and the godly. I think that there is evil and and, and wicked songs, and and I think that there is what I refer to as uh, cultural songs that tell a story or history about a country or tell a ballad about a person's life. That's got nothing to do with sensuality or wickedness or adultery or drinking or any of those things. It just simply tells a story. And uh, they don't hurt my Christian walk with God. Uh, when I, Sometimes when I'm out there playing... Uh, Volleyball with those kids, and I have no idea. Sometimes I told Cindy and I told the kids, I, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm a walking karaoke machine, and sometimes somebody put a quarter in my ear, and I don't know what song's coming up from the past sometimes. But sometimes I'm out there playing with them, and, and, and for some reason, when we're playing volleyball, I guess it's because it's so, y'all are so mean when I'm playing volleyball that I think about war when I'm, when I'm playing. And that song, uh, The Battle of New Orleans, always comes to my mind. You'll hear me sing it in 1814. We took a little trip. You'll hear me singing it out there when we're playing. I don't know where it comes from, it just comes. But that's a song about history. It is, along with Colonel Jackson down the mighty Mississippi. If you listen to my, if you're around me when my phone goes off, you'll also hear it playing the song that I wish I was in the land of cotton. Old times there are not forgotten. Look away, look away, old Dixieland. It is a song of history. But I also think there is real Christian music that stirs the soul and ministers to the heart and and it lifts you up and causes you to worship the Lord God. And I believe that's what the Lord is interested in when He wants you to hear you sing. Amen, I believe that's what He's interested in. You'll notice when you read through the book of Psalms, look in Psalm 40. Look in Psalm 40, if you would, with me, please. Psalm 40. Look at this. When you read through the book of Psalms, you know what you're reading through? You're reading through a songbook. A songbook. They sang the Psalms. The Hebrews sang these Psalms. Some of the psalms that you sing, if you sing all of them, tell a sad story. Some of them are about confessions of failure and restoration. Like Psalm 51, when David is admitting to God that he had sinned against him. And he's asking God to cleanse him and to forgive him. And he said, Lord, if you'll restore to me the joy of my salvation. He said, I'll teach sinners and I'll sing about your Lord, your goodness and your mercy. David wrote a lot of songs about his personal experiences. Do you like singing songs about people's personal experiences? We sang one this morning. We sang this one this morning, Horatio Spafford's song. When he had lost his family in a storm on the sea, When he was taken back across those waters, he wrote that stanza, When peace like a river. Hmm? Remember that song we sang this morning? It is well with my soul. That's a personal experience that caused him and motivated him to write that song. We sang another personal testimony tonight by Brother Newton on amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. So these songs are personal experiences. Don't want you to look in Psalm 40. Look what he says here. In verse number 1, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Verse 3 says, And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. The songs that we sing should reflect something. Do you ever sometimes just go down the road or maybe you're in a situation and a song comes to your heart, your mind? Have you ever noticed that when you start singing a hymn, somebody around you, another believer, usually winds up joining in with you on that song? If I'm around Matthew Elsey and I'm singing a song, he always finishes the stanza for me. He doesn't give me the chance. He doesn't just join in with me. He takes over and pushes me to the side and says, I sound better than you. I'll just finish it for you. But I enjoy singing with him. About Him. And I'm saying that, you know, occasionally when you're out and about doing some things, maybe looking at the horizon, looking at the stars, does the song, How Great Thou Art, ever come to your mind? And do you sing it unto the Lord? You ought to. God likes this. Do you understand? I'm trying to tell you again. God likes to hear you sing. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about your singing. God is interested in you lifting up your voice to Him. And saying something like, O Lord my God, When I in awesome wonder, Consider all the worlds Thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder, the power throughout the universe displayed. He said, then sings my soul. And God wants to see that from you. He wants to hear that from you, not just in the assembly, but when you are alone and when you're going down the road. We have many songs in our hymn book. We have over 700. We really only touch the surface of them. Some of them because we're not familiar with them but maybe we should become familiar with more of those songs in our heart. And there are times when, seriously, my heart is burdened. We sang a song this morning at the end of the service, I Must Tell Jesus. When my heart is hurting sometimes, that song comes to my heart. And it tells me, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear these burdens alone. And that song admonishes me to go to the Lord and to pour my heart out to God. And sometimes when I'm having a gloomy day, the Lord reminds me of that song that we sing. If there's ever a song in our hymn book that actually tells the whole life story of Jesus Christ and the gospel, it is the song, One Day. And in that chorus, it says, living, He loved me, dying. He saved me. And buried, He carried my sins far away. Rising, He justified freely forever. One day, He's coming, O oh, glorious day. That song helps me to get out sometimes of my gloom. Some of these writers, they really had it right. I love that song that we sing here, The guy wrote it, and he said this. He said, I sing, and you ought to sing. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at His command, and all the stars obey. A young man that just graduated from college now has a job as a banker texted me last night from Mississippi. He said, Brother Roger, when you see all that's going on in the world, he said, how do you not get down about it and get discouraged about it? I texted him back and I said, Brother, I said, in my heart, I believe God is ultimately in control and on His throne. And I do my very best to keep my eyes upon Him. And I cannot change everything that's going on in this world, but I can do my very best to stay in the will of God. And when I stay in the will of God, He gives me peace. And He gives me joy in spite of what's going on. I said, keep your eyes on Him. And songs like this remind me. I sing the goodness of the Lord that filled the earth with food. He formed the creatures with His Word. And then pronounce them good. Lord, how thy wonders are displayed wherever I turn my eye. And if I survey the ground, I tread or gaze upon the sky. I see God. I see his blessings and not just the devil's problems that he stirred up in this land. How about you? Do you have a song? Well, let's close with a couple of psalms I want to show you here. That I think the Lord would like me to remind you of. Would you turn over in the book of Psalms with me, look in in Psalm 90, I believe it's in Psalm 95, I believe it is. I failed to write them down, so I'm guessing right now, but I think that's where it is. Does God want you to sing? Well, look in Psalm 90, I believe it's in 95, look what it says in verse 1. He says, "Oh come, let us sing unto the Lord, and let's make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Look in Psalm 96 and verse 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. God wants me to sing. Look at Psalm 98 verse 1. David said, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for He hath done marvelous things. Look in Psalm 100 verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence With singing, God wants me to sing, to sing. He wants me to have a song upon my heart. I want to encourage you by the grace of God to not only pray and not only praise Him and testify of His goodness, but I want you to start singing to Him. He said, Brother Roger, you're asking me to do a lot of changes in my life. I'm asking you to do something that pleases God. If you need to get out on the backside of your 40 acres and practice, do it. If you need to get in the shower, close the bathroom door, and turn the water high as you can get it, practice. If you need to get in the car, close the windows up and the doors, and nobody's around you, let her rip. I mean, seeing from your heart, unto God, and God looks down and says, Did y'all hear that? And the angels might say, Lord, did you hear how bad that was? (laughs) And the Lord says, I didn't hear how bad that was. I heard how sweet that was. And God is pleased with your singing. Do you understand? The Lord is pleased with your singing. Now I want you to, uh, Brother Jason, come up here just a moment. I'm going to ask Cindy if you would faith if you would. Let's sing tonight before we go. I want you to turn to page 309. I don't want you to sing with me. Unto the Lord. And uh, I want you to pick you out a a favorite hymn and learn that song. When the Bible says making melody, singing a new song, uh, Cindy gets on to me all the time because I do my best to try to remember some of these songs and I mess them up and I make up my own words. But I'm making melody. Unto the Lord, I am. Sometimes she gets on to him and says, Would you at least sing a different verse every once in a while instead of over and over and over the same one? I said, Yes, ma'am. But I also tell her from time to time, I'm not singing to you. I'm singing to the Lord. And then she'll respond, Well, go where he can hear you alone. Amen. (laughs) No, she doesn't say that. She's very gracious and kind. I thank God for her. And when we talk about musical instruments, I love to hear that woman at our house get on that piano we bought in South Louisiana on time. You know what that means on time? on payments. We'd pay ten dollars a month, and she learned and she I love to hear her play that instrument and I can hear her when I 'm back there in the bedroom praying or I can I'm in the office studying, and I hear her up there on that piano, and we 'll talk about those instruments, but it does something to my spirit. It does something to my heart. And I pray that you'll use what God's given you inside of you to be a blessing to him. Amen. Brother, let's, let's sing that song together. Would you sing it unto the Lord?